Good morning, everybody. Lovely to see you today and to bring to you God's Word. I struggled a little bit with this message I'm going to bring because it's a message that I've preached a number of times before. And a number of you people here who've known me for a hundred years will have heard me preach this a few times. So I struggled. I thought, Lord, I want something new. But I just felt the Lord would not release me. So I'm going to speak on the woman with the issue of blood. And I feel God wants to say something special to each of us today. And the scripture is Mark chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. A large crowd gathered around him. Can I say this? There's still a large crowd gathering around him. I was looking up some facts and figures this week just going through, and Christianity is still the largest religion in the world. There are 1.2 billion Christians, or actually there's 2.2 billion Christians, but a billion of those are Catholics. 2.2 billion people believe in Jesus out of 8 billion. That's not bad going. A large crowd gathers around him. That's what happened here, and that's what is happening today. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there seeing Jesus. He fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hand on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. Jesus, that is. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately... Her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Hallelujah. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched you, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. 
What a wonderful, wonderful episode this was. What a glorious miracle it was. And I've told you before when I've preached this, this always encourages me. It doesn't name who the woman was. It tells us that Jairus, who was a ruler of the Jews, of uh, the synagogue, he was a well-known person. And when he came to see Jesus, I'll guarantee the people, he didn't have to push in. Uh, when the people saw him, they would have moved because he, he, was, he was a big dude in those days. He was a wealthy man. He was a ruler of the synagogue. They would have st- and he came straight to Jesus and he, says, and he fell on his knees before Jesus. Most of the Pharisees hated Jesus, didn't believe in Jesus, but this guy fell on his knees and said, my daughter's dying. Come heal her, lay your hands on her. And Jesus said, okay, let's go. So they got up and they were walking away. Now, it said there was a great crowd, more than what there is in this room today. There's a lot of people here, praise God. And it's, I like this crowd, it's a noisy one. I believe churches should be noisy. I believe churches should be very noisy in praising God. If it's a noisy church, there's life there. And she was in this crowd, and there was hundreds and hundreds of people. It was a great crowd pressing around him. This woman doesn't tell us her name. The crowd didn't give way for her. In fact, she should not have been there. According to the law, if she was bleeding, she should not have been out in public. She was not allowed to shop in public. She was not allowed to go to parties and weddings. She had to be locked away because she bled. People had to do things for her. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She's grown weak. And sickly, getting no help. She's tried. She's been to umpteen doctors, but not doctors like we know today. There's no Medicare back in her day. If she saw somebody, she'd got to pay. And it says she saw many doctors, and a lot of those doctors would have been quacks. She saw them, gave them money, and it says instead of getting better, she got worse. So in 12 years, she's gotten worse. She's anemic. She would be fainting regularly. She was weak and sickly and hurting. She's a Jew. So she would, when this first happened to her, gone to the priests and got prayer. She would have done that. That was what the law commanded. She would have done all the right things and nothing Helped her. After 12 years of praying to God and going to doctors, you would have thought to yourself, maybe God doesn't want to do this. Maybe I'm supposed to put up with this. Maybe this is God's will that I should be sick. But she didn't believe that. Hallelujah. And then she heard about Jesus. Don't know who told her, don't know how, but she heard about Jesus. And she heard he was going to be passing by where she was. And she said, and she thought and said, she spoke it out and she thought it in her mind, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be healed. I have a lot of questions to ask that lady when I get to heaven. 
I'm going to find her and give her a big hug. I am Because this woman has encouraged me in my faith many, many times. If there's times when I think, oh God, this is just too much for me. Oh God, have I just got to keep on putting up with this? I read this. And this remarkable woman, after 12 years of being bitterly disappointed, and some of you people here today are disappointed. There's some people here who are really bitterly disappointed. Disappointed with the world. Disappointed with your family. Disappointed with your work. Disappointed with yourself. People are, so many people are disappointed and go around in this world disappointed, disillusioned. And disappointment and being disillusioned leads to bitterness. And it's quite possible that there's people in this congregation this morning, you're bitter. You're bitter because you're disillusioned. You're bitter because you're hurting and have been hurting for a long time. You would have thought this woman by now would have been very, very bitter and angry with God. But somehow she said, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Where did that come from? Where did it come from? Didn't come from a psychologist. Didn't come from a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a social worker. Didn't come from the priests. Something within her rose. This woman who's sick, anemic, poor, she's given everything, she's got, she's got nothing. She'd be wearing old clothes now. A candidate for bitterness. But she refused to be bitter. She heard about Jesus. If I can touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Now, a lot of people want God to touch them. And it's quite possible that maybe some of you here are hoping that at the end of this meeting we'll pray. So, and I'll say, come out of the front for God to touch you. And you'll come for God to touch you. Let me just tell you something. Don't get upset with me now when I say this. If you want God to touch you, you touch him first. I was looking again at the life of Jesus and the miracles he performed. Jairus came to Jesus. He didn't wait for Jesus to come to him. Over and the blind man shouted out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people said to him, shut up, be quiet. And he didn't. He cried out the more and Jesus had gone by him and he stopped. He heard him and he says, face that man to me. He was blind. You've got to touch Jesus if you want Jesus to touch you. And the interesting thing is in that crowd of hundreds of people, I'll guarantee there were a lot of sick people. Come on, like I say, there's no doctors as we know them today. No Medicare as we know it today. No handouts as we know them today. There'd be a lot of sick, a lot more sick people than there is today. Of all the children that were born, a quarter of the children died before the age of five in that day and age. 
If you live to be over 50, 60, you're doing well. A lot of people die before they reach 50. A lot of sickness, a lot of disease. So there was a great crowd around Jesus who was sick. But only one woman got healed. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, who touched my clothes? He turned around and he says, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples looked at him. They're all touching you. They're all. No, 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 they're not. There was only one person who touched him. If you want him to touch you, you've got to touch him. Come on. This woman had every reason why she should not come to him. One, she was forbidden to do so in the law. She should not be out in public. If she had been spotted, she could have been arrested. She wouldn't have had any friends that would have taken her there because her friends also, if they took her out, led her publicly into where people were, they too would have been in trouble. The synagogue would have been against them. They would have been barred from the synagogue. So I'm telling you now, I don't think any friends took her. I don't think any family took her. This is something she did of herself. She was breaking the law to come to Jesus. Come on. She's sick, ill, and she broke the law to come to Jesus. And she's got to press through a crowd of people. Come on. They didn't used to have walkers in those days. All those things you get in and electronically, and you've got to move out people's way. None of that. There's a crowd. And there's Jesus. And she's trying to press through this crowd. How is she feeling? Very sick. Very tired. Very weak. Very disappointed that there was such a crowd of people here. And if I could touch you. So she kept saying it. The scriptures bear this out. If I could touch him, I'll be healed. If I can touch him, I'll be healed. If I can touch. And she was saying it as she was going through this crowd, pushing her way in. A lonely, poor, sick woman, 12 years she'd suffered, found no help at all, pressing through a crowd who in all probability didn't want her to press through. Not because, I mean, if they knew who she was, that she was bleeding, they definitely wouldn't. Because if you touch somebody that is bleeding out in public, you too have to go through a cleansing process. So this is, this is serious. And eventually she got close, she managed to get close to him. Then Jairus came and he fell on his knees and he begged Jesus to come with him. And Jesus said, okay, let's go. Don't be afraid. Just believe. That's what Jesus said. And they get up and they start to walk away from where the woman is going. She's behind them. They're not walking to her. If you was her, what would you have thought at that moment? You would have thought, every time I get my hopes up, there's something dashes them down. Every time. I thought this was, I thought this was it. But it's not. I'm going. No, she didn't. 
she got perhaps even more angry. <laughs> she, sometimes anger can be a pretty good thing at times if you're angry for the right reasons. Amen? Most of you aren't. But if you are, it's a good thing. And she managed to press right to the place where he was. And she was on her knees. It says she touched the hem of his garment. She was on her knees. She was crawling. You know, I think, I think what a pathetic sight. God, why didn't you heal her when she just got to the crowd? Why didn't you tell Jesus she was there so he could turn around and come to her? Why are you letting her crawl? That's just not good. This poor woman. But she wasn't thinking about that. All she was thinking of, I want to touch him. I just want to touch him. And nothing's going to stop me. The devil's not going to stop me. The world's not going to stop me. I am not going to stop me. Because your biggest problem is not the devil. Your biggest problem is not the world. Your biggest problem is you. You're the number one problem if you're not touching God. You. Now, you might get upset with me for saying that. But hey, I've heard all the excuses. I've pastored for many, many years. I've heard people give excuses why they haven't touched God. Some of the most pathetic excuses you could ever hear. I've had women, wives, blaming their husbands to me. I'd be a good Christian pastor, John, if it wasn't for him. <laughs> I'm serious. I've had what, husbands blame their wives. I'd be a good Christian pastor, John, if it wasn't for her nagging me all the time. I've heard all the excuses. I've heard parents blame their children. I've heard all, I even had a person came to me once and said, if it wasn't for my employer, I'd be a good Christian. I'm serious. I've heard all the excuses why you don't want to touch him. But I'm telling you, it's not your wife's fault or your husband's fault. It's not the government's fault. And let me just say this. It's not the system's fault. I hear them talking the other day about how the system has failed people. So I thought, what system? What are they talking about when they say the system? What is a system? What, how can a system fail you? What is a system? Nothing. We blame anything. People blame God for not touching God. Come on. I've heard people come to me, ah, don't talk to me about God. I've had people spit on the floor in front of me when I've tried to talk to them about Jesus. One man in particular, back in the UK, he was vicious and angry. He'd gone through the Second World War. He'd come out hard. And, and when I was at work, if ever he saw me talking about Jesus, he would come and push into his, whoever I was talking to, and he'd spit on the floor and say, don't bring that rubbish to me. Don't talk here about God. And he was angry. I mean, angry. Blaming God for the Second World War. I got a sneaky suspicion that a Hitler had a lot to do with that. Come on. We point the finger at God and make it our excuse why we don't touch him. So that's why, can you see why I like this woman? Don't know what she looked like. Don't know... 
a name, but I'll guarantee when I get to heaven, I'm going to find her. If it takes me a million years, I'm going to find her. I'm going to seek her out and say, you don't know it, but you've been such a wonderful example to me. Because I re- you didn't give up. You had every reason to give up touching God. But you didn't. And I love it when she was on her knees and she touched his clothes. Bang, something happened. Bang. Whoa, whoa. She got hit by the power of God because Jesus said healing virtue had gone out of him. Something drained from him and went into her. So he's, And she quickly backed off and the crowd was And he turns around. Listen to this. This is what I love about this. Oh, hallelujah. He didn't even know she was there. Come on. The Holy Spirit hadn't said... Hang on, Jesus, there's a woman coming up to touch you. Just get ready to heal her. Just get ready. He didn't know. Something had happened, and it was remarkable. It shook him. It shook Jesus that this woman had touched him. He didn't know who it was. He didn't know anything about her. God hadn't revealed that. He turned around to see who it was. Because he felt virtue, healing virtue flow from his body. And he says, who's touched me? And all the people would look around him and think, well, we all are. You know, we, we, who touched me? He had his arm, I believe, around Jairus when this happened. He was leading him. Come on, let's go. Uh, don't be afraid. Just believe. His daughter's dying. This guy's in a bad way. Jesus is feeling compassion for him. And then his power went from him. He stopped, turned around. And then he says to the disciple, who was it? And I said, what do you mean, who was it? You know, who? So he stopped. It doesn't tell us how long he stopped for, but he, he was some seconds, maybe minutes. I don't know. Jairus would be there thinking, come on, come on. And he said, who touched me? Who was it? Who touched me? And she was afraid, and she came up and said, it was me, it was me. She said, tell me your story. So she told him what had happened. And she knew, she knew she was set free from her bleeding. She knew. Nobody had to tell her. She didn't have to go to a doctor to get examined. She knew she was free. And she was trembling, wondering, have I done something wrong? <laughs> I want to tell you something. If you touch Jesus under any circumstances, you've never done anything wrong. He wants you to touch him. He wants you to touch him. And then he said these remarkable words. He said, daughter, you can go in peace. Because your faith has healed you. He didn't say, I healed you. Come on. He didn't say, go in peace, I've healed you. He said, you can go in peace, daughter, because your faith has healed you. Your faith connected with me and God's grace flowed. 
course it was God. Of course it was Jesus. He felt healing virtue flow from him. He knew that. Hey, but what caused that healing virtue to flow? This little woman's faith. She can hold her head up. She looks filthy, dirty. She's poor. Been sick for a long time, but now she's not sick. Now she's strong. Now she can push her way back through that crowd. (laughs) Now she doesn't have to hide. Now she is a healed woman. And I don't know this because I already said to you when I get to heaven, I'm going to find her. I do believe she's in heaven. I do believe her faith connected not for healing, but for everything else that Jesus had. I believe she would have followed him when he rose from the dead. I believe she would have been one of the first in the church. Along with many others that Jesus had touched. I thank God for the day that I touched Jesus. I was only a boy, 15, a ragbag boy, a gang leader, rough neck, just, but I got saved. I couldn't read or write hardly. I learned to read by reading the Bible, the King James Version. I taught myself to read. I'd left school. I come from a dysfunctional family, a lot of drinking and fighting in my, and a lot of filth and language came out of me. I, I was nothing, no good at all. Nobody ever said anything good about me. And I went into a church to break a church meeting up with a gang of lads. That's how much of I was seeking God. You know, I wasn't touching him. I wanted to go and, we used to pinch the bicycles from around the back of the building. We used to knock the notice board down. We used to, oh, and this time I went into church to break a meeting up. To cut, to cut a long story short, I got saved. <laughs> I touched God. I touched Jesus. I, 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 I went home a different person. I went home and I said to my mum, mum, you never guess what's happened to me tonight. She says, you haven't been in trouble with the police again, have you? And she's right down. I said, no, mum, no. I've been to church. She said, what? She said, you know, I said, that little church on Strelly Road. I've been there and I don't understand fully what's happened, but I'm a Christian now. <laughs> Well, you should have heard her. She just went troppo at me. My mother did absolutely troppo. And so did the rest of the family. Don't bring religion into this. And so I got into trouble. I'd only been saved maybe three or four months. I knew nothing. You've got to understand this. I have dyslexia. And I find it hard to read even today. My wife could always read faster than me. I read slow, unless I've read it a lot of times. I, I, after all these years, I'm 82 now, and I'm still not a fast reader. I'm a slow reader. But I taught myself to read from the King James Version. And my understanding of things was not good. I, I, I couldn't take things in. If I did read something, I couldn't understand what I'd read. And it was like that with the Bible. I used to read the Bible um, at smoko time at work, lunchtime, smoko time in the afternoon, come home, read it at night. I read and read and read and read. I read the Bible as much as... And I learned chapters off by heart 
but still didn't understand what they meant because of this brain of mine that wasn't working properly. I, I had a brain that didn't work properly. And some say I've still got that. That's okay. I'm not bothered. But a couple of months after I was a Christian, not knowing much at all, I was in, my, in the bathroom and I knelt down to pray at the side of the bathroom. I prayed, and I prayed this prayer. I said, oh God, I would love to see Jesus. He's my saviour. He's my Lord. Remember, I'm a 15-year-old kid. I don't know nothing. Never been to church. Don't know nothing. And I said, I'd like to see Jesus. I'd love to see him. When I open my eyes, Lord, let him be here. And all of a sudden, this is a truth, what I'm telling you. All of a sudden, there was a beautiful, sweet fragrance in that bathroom. I have never experienced it before, and I have never experienced it since. But even after all these years, I can, in a sense, in my spirit, that fragrant lingers. And I thought, Jesus is here. And I got frightened. And I remember I'm only 15. I said, oh, Lord, I didn't mean it. I don't want to see him. Oh, please, don't let him be there, Lord. Don't let him be there. And this is true. And I, and I opened my eyes, and he wasn't. But I believe he appeared to me because I touched him. I touched him. And I want to keep on touching him. Not everything that I've asked him for has happened. I mean, I still get skin cancers. I've had a couple cut off. I've got to have one cut off on my nose um, next month. I've, I've had 35 skin cancers literally cut off, operate on my head and my face. That's why I look so young. <laughs> Took all the wrinkles away. It is. I said to the doctor two weeks ago when she did this one. I said, "Well, oh, that's great. That's gonna." And it's pulled my face that way. I need another one that side now. But <laughs> not everything has happened. A lot of prayers have not been answered. A lot of things I want, I wish, I desire. But this is what I firmly, with all of my being, believe. And it's kept me going all these years. Because I touched him, he has touched me and made me whole. Now, that's by faith. Because I'm not whole yet. But the day will come when Jesus returns and I'll get a new body. You ain't going to see one scar on this body of mine. And things that haven't happened that I've prayed for will happen because I am healed by faith. And I'm not talking here physically. I'm talking spiritually. I got healed of the addiction to sin. You know, people here have got addictions. A lot of people have all different kinds of addictions. Alcohol is an addiction. And they can't break it. Smoking, addiction. Drugs becoming an addiction. Lust 
becomes an addiction. Wanting money, grasping, grasping, becomes an addiction. There's a lot of addictions, a lot of addictions. But all of those addictions came from the greatest addiction of all. Sin. Sin is an addiction on the human race. That people are addicted to do things wrong. They're addicted to lie, to cheat, to steal, to kill, to murder, to rape, to lust. People, all of us have sinned. The Bible says all have sinned. You and I are addicted to sin. We need setting free. We need deliverance. Now, I understand here, and I think it's very good that you have a, a meeting that takes place here for Alcoholics Anonymous. If people have got addiction for alcohol, they can come and get help. There's people also for drugs. People can come and get drugs. If you've got an addiction, you can go and see somebody and get help. You can go to meetings. But they've not yet started a meeting to say, if you're addicted to sin, we're going to help you. <laughs> have anybody seen that? No. Has anybody seen it? That's the problem. It's not the alcohol or the drugs or the lust. It's the addiction that we all have to do wrong. Now, you might get delivered from smoking or drinking or gambling, but you still be doing other things wrong because you have an addiction to sing. You got, but there's no, they don't talk about that. You won't go and see any psychiatrist who will talk to you about your addiction for sinning. But the world's in a mess. Why is it in a mess? S I N. The world's at war. Why? S I N. The world's in a place now where we could easily go into a third world war and use nuclear weapons and destroy millions and millions of people. Why? S I N. And the wars don't make any sense. Does that war with Russia and Ukraine make any sense? No, they don't make sense. It's sin. It comes down to sin. It comes down to sin. The human race is addicted to sin. Well, when I touched Jesus, that addiction got broken. Doesn't mean I don't sin. But it means if I sin... I can ask him to forgive me again, and he will. And I won't suffer the consequences of sin. Because listen, I'm closing with this. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. I just saw a big advert as we're just driving up the road here on the Albany Highway. Big advert, and it says, I just passed it very quickly. I was driving. It says, they showed you a beer bottle or an alcoholic bottle and and a glass. And it says, alcohol in your body, turns to poison. Now, I've heard that before, but it just struck me. Because I used to drink. Alcohol turns to poison. So why would I want to drink it? If that's what it does. But we are addicted. We're addicted to things that we don't realize that we're addicted to. And it comes down to a three-letter word, S-I-N. And I don't care. Some of you maybe are seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm not against that. Or you're seeing a counselor of some sort. I guarantee they're not going to talk to you about sin. <coughs> They'll talk to you about your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your job, you. They'll talk about all sorts of things. But, but hey, Jesus got to the heart of the matter. Paul says... The wages of sin is death. 
That's why people die. That's a great mystery. The scientists don't know why people die. I do. It's called sin. Come on. Don't have to be a scientist to know why people die. The wages of sin is death, tells us in Romans. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So come on, there's people here who need to touch him. How many people in this room, to, I don't know you, most of you I don't know, how many people in this room would say, boy, I need to be forgiven. I've done things wrong and I need forgiveness. I need Jesus to wash me from my sin. I want to touch Jesus in such a way that I know I've touched him for eternity. That I know that no matter what happens in this life, I'm going to go to heaven to be with him forever and ever and ever. So I'm going to ask you right now, if there's people here that you know you need forgiveness, you know you've come in here and you've maybe blaming all sorts of things and looking at all sorts of problems, you may be looking at your family, maybe looking at work, maybe looking at a sickness in your body, all sorts of things. But what I want you to do right now, like this woman, I want your faith to rise, not in me, but in Jesus. I want you to start to believe like this woman did. Now, let me just say this, I'm closing, but let me just say this. I don't think that woman saw Jesus before she said, if I can touch him, I'll be healed. I think she heard about him. She didn't see him. She heard. You haven't seen Jesus. I haven't seen Jesus with these physical eyes. I almost did one day, but I told you. I haven't. And you haven't. But I tell you what, I touched him. I didn't see him, but I touched him. Hallelujah, I touched him. And you could touch him. So if there's people here today that would say to me, John, I, I, I know I need forgiveness. Oh, man, I do need forgiveness. I've really messed it up. I know I have. And I, I, I don't want the addiction of sin to cause me to die for eternity. I want the gift of God. So I want to touch Jesus. Listen, I want to touch Jesus. Because you want Jesus to touch you. I want to be washed from my sin. I am. I'm washed in his blood. And I'm only washed. He did it. He washed me in his blood. I'm washed because I touched him by faith. By faith. I didn't touch him by... See, people will look to you and this world, and, and they'll elevate people by what they've done. Sports people are elevated. Entertainers are elevated. All kinds of people are elevated. Educated people, highly intellectuals are elevated. Rich people, wealthy people, we elevate them. Can I say this? God doesn't care that much. Do you know what God looks for in you? He's not looking at your looks or your bank account. He's not looking at what you've done or haven't done. He is looking at your faith. The thing that elevates you, in God's eyes, is your faith. And if it's not there, then you're in trouble. Daughter, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith touched me. Your faith. So I'm asking you this morning, I, I want you, those who want to be forgiven, I want you to come out here by faith. I want you not, you're not coming to me, but you're coming to Jesus.
You're going to say, Jesus, I want to touch you because you're the only one that can cleanse me. So if there's anybody here that needs cleansing, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. You've all heard the word. There was one woman out of a huge crowd who touched him. And she got healed. There might be just one person here who has got the courage and the guts to say, I need, I need forgiveness. You'll get it. So if it's you, get up from your seat and come and stand here. I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. Come on, don't, don't wait for others to come. You come. I need to touch Jesus. I'm going to touch Jesus. I need to be forgiven. I need to be cleansed. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? I just sense God's talking to others. Yeah, I really feel that. I felt God is speaking to people here. You, you, it's not me. You're not coming to me. By faith, you're coming to Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. I'm, all I am is a servant of God this morning. I'm going to pray for you. I just feel in my spirit, somebody else. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Now, if I was to say people with needs, there's a lot of you, you may come. If, I say, if you've got a bad job, you want a better job, you'd come. If you've got sickness in your body, you want to be healed, you'd come. But this, today I don't feel down that line. Today I want, I want you to touch Jesus in such a way that these people who are touching him now will receive their healing, if not now, in eternity. They will receive wholeness. They will receive prosperity, if not now, in eternity. This touch lasts for eternity. Hallelujah. As they're going to touch Jesus, now Jesus is going to touch them. I'm asking one more time, then I'm going to pray because time has gone. So if you need to come, come join. Come on. Don't, don't, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Think of that woman. That woman, I guess, had nothing to lose. <laughs> and she realized it. She, her pride didn't hold her back. She, God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. I'll just wait another second because the Spirit of God is just heavy on me. Um, somebody else. Some of you are in a struggle and uh, you know you need forgiveness. And you may say, well, if I get up and go to the front, what are, what are they going to think of me? I don't care less what they think of you. I know what Jesus will think of you. He'll say, cool. Right on. Come on. You need to come to Jesus. One more time. I'm going to ask and then I'm going to pray. Come and stand closer. Come and stand closer. Come and stand closer. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Forgiveness. Right close. Push him to one side a little bit so you can get him. There you go. Bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Let this touch from God today be real. Lord, just change this person in such an incredible way that she will sense the touch of God has changed her for the better and for eternity. Now, I pray that for everybody, Lord, but particularly for this lady today, I just pray that that sin that is hurting her, that the burden of sin will be lifted in the name of Jesus. On all of you, the burden of sin will be lifted. The burden of sin will be lifted. Just raise your hands to the Lord if you can. Father, you see these people here today. They want the addiction of sin to be broken in their lives. They want to be cleansed in the precious blood of Jesus. They want to be set free from the penalty of sin, which is death. They want to receive from you the gift of eternal life. 
And Lord, I thank you for them. I pray that each one, you will forgive them and you will cleanse them and you will make them anew. They will go like that woman, Lord, after she was healed. She knew she'd been healed. She knew she was well. She knew she was whole. She went different to what she came. I pray every person here will go out of this building different, Lord, to what they came in. Now, all of you are standing. Just say this prayer after me, every one of you. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Forgive me. Wash my sin away. I am so sorry that I have failed you. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me a new person in Jesus Christ. Jesus, I touch you now. And I feel your forgiveness flowing into me. I receive that forgiveness. And I receive the gift of eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and grant to you all his own sweet peace. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you.